0: I'm hosting this relatively new podcast called MASH Forever, and this is the fourth episode, season one. Very exciting because I never thought I would even get this off the ground, so it's exciting to have four episodes. And today, we are going to talk about where it all began. Where did MASH begin? Where might it be in 50 years? Because that'll be the 100th anniversary of the TV series which is kind of interesting to think about. So, before I get started today, announcements. One announcement is I am sitting here with three dogs and one cat. So, who knows if the cat will make any noise, but the dog might whine, the other dog might bark, and the and the third dog might bark as well. The only dog that that won't bark but he'll whine is my dog named Dexter. And the other two dogs are my friend's dogs, and they're here because I'm helping to dog sit for them. So that's the first announcement. So there might be a couple of dogs in the background. Hopefully not, but maybe. But I figure they're just joining in on the conversation if you happen to hear them. The second thing is, in the information that I share, I really try to make it as accurate as possible. I really want to uphold the accuracy of the information about MASH the integrity of the show. So if there's ever anything that I say that isn't accurate, questionable, whatever, please contact me. I'm happy to make any changes, edits in later podcasts. I'm happy to announce that I got it wrong, it's okay. I just wanna make sure that the information that we're all putting out there for other MASH fans is as accurate as possible really, really, really important to me. And sometimes I'll even, I'll hear something and I'll check check a fact with another published item. I will normally, if I have to double check facts, I will go back to my original MASH books that were published back in the early 80s, uh, because then those were the officially published things. More recent. Things I'm a little more skeptical about, depending on who wrote it, but, but things published back in the day when I got it, when the series was still running, I use those materials more religiously than I do some of the newer newer things. So again, if there's anything, please feel free to contact me. I'll put my email address in the show notes. Uh, feel free to, to write me an email, whatever, or contact me on Instagram at forever. That's my Instagram account for mash. And you can see me floating around there sharing some of my memorabilia, collection items, favorite episodes, uh, scenes from favorite episodes. So feel free to join me there. Uh, Next thing I'm going to start doing are announcements of MASH-related events. I I thought that was a cool feature that I was going to add to the podcast moving forward. And the first thing is, December 9th, the signpost will be on display at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C., it's going to be part of another exhibit, and I'm going to try to get there. I don't know what the end date is. I know the beginning date is December 9th. I'm not sure if they have an end date for it, uh, but if you're anywhere on the East Coast, it might be worth the drive. And then October 14th through the 16th, which is kind of coming up around the corner There's the Motor City Comic Con in Michigan, and both Loretta Swit and Jamie Farr are going to be appearing there, and then they're going to be appearing November 4th through the 6th at the Rhode Island Comic Con in Providence, Rhode Island. Now that one would be the one I would go to if I had a choice between those two. I would go to the November 4th through the 6th because you can sing Happy Birthday to Loretta Swit on November 4th. Wouldn't that be a neat thing to be able to do? Uh, my friend and I just did that for Jamie Farr on his birthday on July 1st. And that was, that was just a neat thing to be able to do. So those are the three events that I know of that are coming up in the next few months. If you know of anything, want me to say anything about another event happening, feel free to contact me as well about that. I get a lot of my information from the MASH Matters podcast, along with Loretta's uh, Instagram and Facebook accounts, and I also get information from the MASH historian. I started following him earlier this year, and he's got a wealth of information and a MASH collection to die for. <laughs> like, seriously, oh man, I, I need to get my hands on a lot of the stuff that that he presents on both Instagram and on his website about MASH. So those are my plug for where I find out information. And I'm constantly looking. I'm on different Facebook groups. I'm an admin on a on a few of Facebook mash groups and just keep looking for information and trying to find out who's doing what, where, how. Uh, and of course you can always support Alan Alda at his podcast podcast clear and vivid. And you can support him at the highest level, get your voicemail created by him. And you can also join, he's got a monthly Zoom call. And I used to support him. And that was, that was really neat to get together with a lot of Alan and Alda fans and just, just be on a Zoom call. There were like most, sometimes there were like 25 of us. Sometimes there were 50 of us. uh, But that, that's definitely an experience. You want to give yourself at least support him for a few months and see, meet him, meet him over Zoom. Not quite meeting him in person, but Hey, it's kind of a neat thing to be able to do. So those are all my current events with MASH. So let's talk about where did it all begin? Some of us only know it's a TV series. Some of us know it's a TV series, movie, and book. Some of us know that it's, you know, just the movie. I mean, some people, you know, if you've been living under a rock, you didn't know that the movie turned into a TV series and vice versa. So let's talk about where it began. So it began in 1968 with a book written by Richard Hooker, which was a pen name for Richard Hornberger. And he wrote the book, MASH, all about Korean War, about him being in the Korean War and being a surgeon in the Korean War. So that is definitely something to take a look at if you're ever interested in hearing his story, uh, because that's where it began as a book. So that was in 1968. The book is called MASH, a novel about three army doctors. Mm -hmm. There are other books that he wrote uh, that also are called MASH, like MASH Goes to Paris, MASH Goes to New Orleans, And I don't remember all the all the MASH goes books, but definitely something to take a look at it. Take a look. Um, The MASH movie became one of the biggest films of the early 1970s for 20th Century Fox. So if you think about it for 20th Century Fox, MASH was their bread, one of their kind of bread and butter items from 1970 on. (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much. And it had a whole bunch of names in the in the movie, including Donald Sutherland, Tom Scarrett, Elliot Gould, Sally Kellerman, Robert Duvall, Gary Berghoff. Uh, Gary Berghoff later went to the TV series. Then you have Timothy Brown, Corey Fisher and G. Wood, who all made at least one appearance in the first season or two of the TV series. So you can see all of those, all three of them in the first, you know, the first season or two. And they were all in the MASH movie. So it was a movie that was very, very popular at the time. It received five Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture and one for Best Adapted Screenplay. In 1996, MASH was included in the annual selection of 25 motion pictures added to the National Film Registry of the Library of Congress being deemed culturally, historically or aesthetically significant and recommended for preservation. The Academy Film Archive preserved MASH in 2000. So it was a huge huge movie back, back way back 1970. 1970. So, come 1971, they decided to create a series. So, they began filming in late 1971. I was about to say 2021, but that is not accurate. (laughs) So, they began filming the series in late 20, uh, I'm going to say it, late 1971. And it premiered obviously in September 17th, 1972. So Alan Alda, my understanding was the last actor to sign on, he was really uh concerned that MASH would turn into another series about the, about just the hijinks of war and just putting war as the backdrop, but doing funny things and having a comedy about war. Alan Alda wanted something more serious from what I understand. And then McLean Stevenson and Wayne Rogers had both expressed interest in the Hawkeye role and were then, I believe Wayne Rogers, my understanding he decided Trapper would be better for him. And then McLean Stevenson obviously got the role of, of Henry Blake, which I'm thrilled that he did. He, I, I just don't see anybody as good as McLean Stevenson for Henry Blake. And then, again, my understanding is Loretta Swit didn't actually audition for Margaret Houlihan. And she beat out a couple hundred other actresses hoping to get the role. And I'm really glad that she did because I love Sally Kellerman, who played Margaret Houlihan in the movie. But I like loretta switz portrayal a little bit better so i think they all ended up being perfect in their roles uh for for that time time period so now let's move to the very beginning of the episode and wayne rogers has the first speaking role in the tv series and he yells out four because they're playing golf and four in golf is to warn <laughs> about, you know, if you're playing golf, I, I've played golf before. If you hit, if you if you're up on the green, you're up on the, I can't think of the name of it where you where you set up your tee and you you drive. I can't think of the name, the official name. Oh my gosh! But you're you're up there. You're about to hit the ball, and if you hit the ball and you realize it's about to hit somebody or hit something, you yell out four just to get people aware that there's a ball coming towards them. So he speaks for the for the first time in the series, and then they go into Gary Berghoff as radar, saying, here they come, and someone's like, I didn't hear anything. And he's like, wait for it. And then in that moment, he is standing in the compound. When they, the next angle, they take him at is up on the helicopter pad. I did not realize that was different until we learned that at the site a couple of weeks ago for the 50th anniversary. And then another fascinating fact that people may or may not know is Trapper's arm shows up throughout the entire run of the series in that opening sequence when they're coming down the hill with the with the wounded, his arm is still there. So they use the original footage from that very first episode. I love the first episode, how they do a little bit of getting us introduced to the characters and then they have the incoming wounded and then Hawkeye speaks during that sequence and then they bring the wounded back to camp and then they start the episode. A couple other interesting things about that episode is the still is different. It's, it's, I don't know how many episodes they actually use that version of the still. It doesn't last long. And then at one point, Trapper is wearing a red bathrobe. I don't think he's ever seen in a red one after the pilot episode. But made me wonder at the time if it was kind of, they all got bat- red bathrobes. <laughs> um, and then I, it never dawned on me before I read this recently, but George Morgan, who played Father Mulcahy, he doesn't speak a word in the pilot. He doesn't say anything. Never hear him speak at all. Uh, so I, I found that really interesting to find out. So then the episode is based basically around Hawkeye and Trapper want to raise money for Hojon to go back to the States and go to school. And so they decide they're going to raffle off a nurse and Henry has to go to a medical conference. He's not going to be there. He says, no, you can't do that. They throw the party in his absence. So Henry and General Hammond come back to camp while the party is happening because Margaret Calls General Hammond and asks him to come see what's happening, and Hawkeye and Trapper basically get in trouble, wounded are called in. You know they they get the call that wounded are coming. Uh, the general finds out what great surgeons Hawkeye and Trapper are and decides that he's not going to prosecute them at all. But you really get a sense of some of the characters in that first episode. You see Frank and Margaret are kind of army sticklers and they're going to follow all the rules and they're going to do everything that they need to do. Hawkeye and Trapper are very loose on the the interpretation of the rules. You've got Henry who... I'm not sure we see McLean. Like, yeah, we're not seeing his full humor yet. Like, I feel like the Henry Blake of the first few episodes is a little stricter, a little... You know, but then, then as... Time goes on. We see Henry Blake is just <laughs> funny, just just a funny, funny, funny character with what he says and what he does, and I just like how they really introduced all the characters. You've got Radar, you know, who was in the movie, so he played a similar character uh, coming into the series, and I just. I just think the pilot was was very well done. I like the end of the episode 2 where they say the following people have been now assigned to mash 4077 and they run down everybody uh that is in the pilot. That's of significance. Even even if you never see them again, they're they're listed there. So I always thought that that was a nice ending for the pilot episode and I wish they would have kept some of that opening with Hawkeye yelling, with the wounded, the, the opening song uh, throughout the series. Because I really feel like the opening for the pilot was more significant in some ways than than the rest of the openings throughout the series. And I know they changed the music and it it was different at times. But I thought, I really liked how they opened up the pilot episode. Uh, So the last thing that I wanted to touch on is earlier pictures of the cast. You see a lot of Hawkeye Margaret and Trapper together. You see some uh, Margaret and Frank together. Not as much, but you really see like, you really do see the Hawkeye Margaret dynamic pretty early on. You see the Hawkeye Trapper Margaret dynamic. You see, and I'm talking like old publicity stills of the show uh, from way back. I got one recently. I bought it off of some site and it had Hawkeye and Margaret glaring at each other or Margaret glaring at, at Hawkeye and Hawkeye kind of laughing it off. So I just thought it was interesting. And as the series progressed and as the characters got to know each other better, um, they different different character configurations. My favorite my favorite picture of the cast, the early cast, is actually a picture where they're all standing around in their army clothes, and I believe Margaret Loretta Sweet is wearing a red turtleneck, and I don't think she was ever in a red turtleneck on the show, but I really like that picture because they're all standing there, they're all laughing, they're all, they all look like they're having a good time, and I really appreciate that about the cast is no matter what year you look at in the show, they all seem like A, they're enjoying each other's company and B, they really enjoy what they're producing and creating together. No matter what year you're looking at, the cast, uh, you can, I, I feel like that really comes through, that they're not just coworkers. They're people that like each other off screen. And everything you read or everything I've read, for the most part, I mean, everybody's got their bad days, good days, whatever. But for the most part, everybody was truly committed to making MASH what it was. And the last thing I want to talk about today is I grew up when Alan Alda was was more popular than just just the most popular, one of the most popular performers of the 70s and 80s. Everything he did turned to gold and everything. And I just look at how he started with MASH. Uh, he commuted back and forth to New Jersey every weekend while while MASH was being filmed. And he w- he really was dedicated. And I am really grateful that he stayed throughout the show. Uh, are there aspects of Hawkeye Pierce that I think are challenging today? Yeah, maybe. But I think you look at Alan Alda and the diverse the diverse diversity of the projects that he's worked on and what he's done and what he's done in his lifetime, and it's amazing to me that he just said yes to just yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna star on the show that. May not go anywhere, and if you look at the ratings of the show in the first season, it didn't go anywhere, and it got picked up because some higher up wanted the show to continue. Someone's wife, I believe at CBS, said, "I really like the show, and we need to keep that on. We need to keep it on." And pretty amazing if you think about how life happens and how life life goes. We all wouldn't be talking about MASH today had that not, had that not happened. So where it all began, with a book, a movie, a TV show that ran 11 years, that was based on a war, that went for three, that was based on a movie, that was based on a book. And if you really think about that, pretty amazing. And if you figure we're in 2022, the next huge anniversary is the 60th coming up when in 2032. And then for the younger fans that might be listening to this, you'll have the 100th the 100th anniversary of the premiere of the show in 2072 2072. So we'll see if I'm still alive. <laughs> At that point I kind of hope I am I kind of hope I am Um, Hopefully I'll be mentally good I'll be 102 if I live that long Uh, But I would love to see this show Continue on And make a difference I think it it was trailblazing And groundbreaking in the 1970s With the topics that it Touched on and tried to address And we'll talk about more of that As time goes on And as always, goombay and hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week or two. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks with more information about the best TV show ever.